0: Hello, and welcome to Touching the Sunrise podcast. I am Sister Catherine Herms, author of Surviving Depression, A Catholic Approach, and Reclaim Regret How God Heals Life's Disappointments, and spiritual guide in the Heartwork program, which specializes in helping people walk the road of spiritual growth and inner healing. For the past 10 years, I have been walking alongside wonderful women and men who want a more heart-centered and spiritual life, but would like support along the way. Through online programs, groups, and one-on-one spiritual guidance, I walk with people along a contemplative and healing path, one that has been trodden for thousands of years. Basically, I'm here to help you surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit who has come to make your being the throne of the Holy Trinity so that your life, your prayer, your relationships, your dreams and goals will most deeply satisfy the desires of your heart. You can find out more about me and what God has led me to do in the world by visiting my website touchingthesunrise.com. Let's start, as we always do, by reconnecting, remembering, refreshing. Take a deep breath directly into your heart, even deeper than your heart, into that soul, that spirit, that place where divine grace transforms you with the presence, the light, and the life of the Divine Trinity. We enter into our inner world, to that sacred space, that inner sanctuary where God dwells. Notice what that room, that space, is like. Is it large or small? Is it dark or light? What is the feel of that place it is in that space wherever that sacred place for us is that we experience jesus calling us his true friend his darling one his fair one we're not used to hearing ourselves called lovely, beautiful, wanted, good, but Jesus looks beyond everything we see in ourselves and he looks at the motives of our heart. He sees all we have been through and he wants to free us. He wants to free you. He can look at everything that we would call ugly and messy. And he can still call us lovely. Where we see blemishes and pain and sorrow. He sees beauty. He sees our future. All our lives we've sought to be loved and needed. We need His love, only His love, to bring us true healing. We are convinced, no doubt, that God sees us as we see ourselves, but that is not so. God sees us through His own love, His own fidelity. The the pleasure He had in creating us still remains. The dreams he had in making us still fill his heart. And like the hound of heaven, as Francis Thompson said, he's still seeking us out. He's still opening up for us ways into the beauty of his dream for us. God has thought about us all our life. Even before we were born, God knew us. And God wants to bring us whole and entire, beautiful, into heaven to be with him for all eternity. So let our hearts, let your heart, call out to this God of love. Let us surrender to the work of the Spirit within us. Christmas is coming. A couple of weeks before Thanksgiving, I heard on the news that the Christmas tree had been delivered to Faneuil Hall in Boston, an 85-foot Norwegian pine. It was considered the largest holiday tree in New England that year. The lighting on December third marked the start of Blink, a six-week state-of-the-art light and sound extravaganza Christmas carols and Christmas cards Christmas mangers and public spaces for Christians in the United States these are the sacred yet simple ways we proclaim to each other our faith in the greatest moment of human history when God became man when divinity bent low over us in love, to lift us up to himself. So the question of whether it is a Christmas tree or a holiday tree, and whether the manger scene can appear in a public space, makes a big difference to us. And it makes a big difference to others. A few years ago, I was in Chicago before Christmas and visited the Christmas market at Daly Plaza with my nephew. A group surrounded the life-size nativity scene where, despite the cold and the bustling crowds, young and old had stopped to take in the serene calmness of the sacred story behind the celebration of Christmas. Not far away from it stood a towering menorah with seven candles illuminated. And between them stood a giant and lonely letter A, over eight feet tall, representing the atheist and agnostic community. Around the A, there was no reflective crowd, no joyous merriment, no excited laughter, no joyous hope. But the A stood there as a statement that Not everyone feels drawn into the mystery of the Incarnation that has spilled over into our Christmas traditions, and they too want to be heard. Several weeks ago, I received a prayer request and a comment on our Facebook page. The writer was concerned that she was no longer able to use the word blessing in her workplace and felt discriminated against and frightened. These are symptomatic flashpoints for the larger tearing of the soul of a culture in which we are each set against the other, political agendas positioning themselves to set the rules, imposing themselves on the rest. I think about the Christmas season's tug-of-war over the rights of the public visibility of Christmas language and display, as well as my Facebook friend and others who feel that their rights to express their faith openly are being taken away. But I wonder, I wonder if we Christians are missing the point altogether. As Christians who reverence the Lord, the other who accepted us and who forgave us, for us Christians experiencing the other person as a good, And not a threat should be the hallmark of our common living it is true we now live in a society where we cannot assume that others share the same foundational beliefs about the good of humanity as we nevertheless it has always been the human experience that many different voices need to converge in a dialogue in which we consider the other one with ourselves A dialogue in which we are all together trying to come closer to truth christmas teaches us that truth more than each group vying for power in an argument is more correctly seen as a relationship it could happen that some feel there is no purpose in dialoguing with opposing viewpoints or that it is wrong to do so or perhaps they realize they do not have the skills for this difficult conversation after all it is wide-ranging dialogue we are invited into and one in which society no longer gives christianity a privileged position we need not fear for in reality it wasn't christian laws or juridical structures that assured the centuries-long existence and flourishing of christianity It was and is still only and always the event of Christ whom we first encountered in person as a human race over 2,000 years ago, and whom we can encounter anew each moment. Let me tell you a story from my early years as a daughter of St. Paul when I was studying at Boston College. One day, I was waiting for a meeting in one of their smaller houses. Pisa had been set out in the small kitchenette for the early arrivals. As I shared a few moments of company with fellow students, a sister came in, crossed through the dining area, and spoke briefly with the professor. In a few moments, she retraced her steps and disappeared up the stairs. I felt as though I had been struck. And my heart was overwhelmed. Who was that sister was the only thing on my mind for days. She had said nothing, had not even seen me. But I was captivated by someone who evidently had a profoundly life-altering experience with Christ that now shone through her every move. This person was Mother Olga, born and raised in Iraq, and now the founder of the Daughters of Mary of Nazareth in Boston. I sought her out hoping to discover what she had that I didn't have. Christianity has always been spread by those who have been captivated by Christ in their spirit, in their soul, in their body, and in their heart. During this brief encounter with Mother Olga, my heart leapt as a response to something I couldn't explain, but I knew was real. It is in this way, in this way, that Christians bring to life the convictions we believe are true. The other, those around us, will not be persuaded by an argument. But they can be convinced by the Christ who encounters them even if we're simply walking by. In this way, we spread the blessed infectiousness of the newness of Christ and the witness of his humanity. See how they love one another. From the origin of Christianity, people were so attracted by the joy they saw in the followers of Jesus that they eventually felt they no longer could tenably hold to their viewpoints and prior beliefs. This joy and this love then spills over into legal and social action, ministries of justice, and service to the most vulnerable. Pope Benedict XVI stated in his book, Christianity and the Crisis of Cultures, Our greatest need in the present historical moment is people who make God credible in this world by means of the enlightened faith they live. We need men who keep their eyes fixed on God, learning from Him what true humanity means so their hearts can open the hearts of others. So here are some suggestions for this Christmas and holiday season. Whenever you feel an inner angst, frustration, or fear from the tension of living with and among people of differing values and beliefs, step back, enter within yourself, and take note of how these feelings are registering within you. Then turn to Jesus and ask him directly, Jesus, be with me here. I would like you to show me where you are in this situation. The hope of humanity lies in people being able to find Christ in you along the path of their life. God has amazing ways of knocking on people's hearts, awakening desires, arousing questions, provoking an unexpected spiritual fire. Remember, if you'd like some extra support and are ready to embark on a sustained spiritual journey, you can connect with me in a number of ways by going to my website, touchingthesunrise.com. So until the next time, take care of yourself. And remember that you are not alone, you are loved no matter what, and when you search within yourself, you will not only find yourself, but the throne of the Divine Trinity. You have a calling, a mission, and every gift, every grace, every moment, even every fall, mistake, and sin is a step toward your completely and wholly being taken up into the mystery of God's love for you and for all creation. Remember always that you have a treasure of inexpressible joy hidden in an earthen vessel, small and fragile. May this overflowing joy fill you and yours with its fragrance. God be with you.